And good morning to everyone in Southeast Louisiana. It is play-by-play coming to you live here on this Lundi Gras. Casey Gisclair here with Coach Brian Kyle. I hope everybody has recovered, A, from their wild and crazy weekend of parading and doing whatever it is that you may or may not have done, B, from your wild and crazy weekend of watching the Super Bowl, which came down to the final play of the game, the second-ever Super Bowl that goes to overtime, ironically enough. Coach Shanahan was on the losing end of both of those, blowing a double-digit lead in both of those, but we're going to talk about that at length a little bit later on in the show. But first, we've got to tell you that today we're going to be making a road trip. Right after we get out of play-by-play, we're making a road trip out to Terrebonne High School for a varsity district boys basketball Lundi Gras matchup between the South Lafouche Tarpons and the Ellender Patriots. We'll be live uh, around 4 o'clock or so um, because they got a junior varsity game at 3. I hope there's not a whole lot of fouls because I'm scheduled to call Nichols game at 6.30. Um, so we'll be pushing it close. But we've got the Tarpons and the Ellender Patriots over at Terrebonne High School. Way bigger game for Ellender than it is for South Lafouche. Ellender has to have it to make the playoffs. South Lafouche trying to build some momentum for next season. It's going to be an interesting matchup. Ellender beat them in overtime the first go-around. Uh, should be a lot of fun today uh, over at Terrebonne. Looking forward to seeing what we got there between two very, very young teams and two teams that are trying to finish their regular season strong. Yeah, look, Tarpons t- uh, this afternoon trying to get to 10 wins on a season uh, before you finish up on Friday. Uh, hosting Vanderbilt, but um, that, that's a, a goal that it can have is to try and get 10 wins and – you're right. It's a way bigger game for Allender than than it is for the Tarpons. Yeah, no doubt. Uh, we've got Cornell Scott on in the next segment to talk about that matchup. Uh, he'll be joining us at eleven forty-five. Uh, we'll talk about the Super Bowl and all sorts of craziness. We'll talk about um, LSU women's basketball and all sorts of craziness. I think they did something yesterday that could potentially change their season, uh, which is one of the reasons why we want to bring that up and talk about it. We've got all sorts of stuff to talk about here during the course of the show, but we lead off today by talking about the girls' basketball playoff brackets, which literally were just released like minutes ago. So this is hot off of the presses. Girls' basketball playoff brackets have been released. Division One non-select. So these are the big old schools on the public side. Destrahan earns a way in. They are the number 16 overall seed. They are going to be hosting Fountain Blue in the opening round. If they're successful in that matchup, they're going to get beat by 50 in the second round against number one Walker. Uh, But Destrahan is in. They are the number 16 overall seed, taking on number 17 Fountain Blue. Thibodeau, probably the hottest local team coming in. They earned the number 24 overall seed. They're making a road trip to number nine Neville. Don't be surprised if Thibodeau goes there and either wins or plays competitive. Neville has had a great regular season, but guess what? In the second round of our local district, Thibodeau beat everybody. They beat all the River Schools. They beat Hanville. They beat everybody. Nobody's hotter than Thibodeau going in. I get it. They got a big, long bus trip and all that good stuff. Don't count out Ashley Barba and her team to go on the road and make that one a very, very competitive game. Yeah, I agree. I think uh, they're playing well right now. Um you just got to handle the trip, and that's um, – I think a lot of times coaches are prepared for that before. Just, you know, years ago, you you kind of weren't prepared for it. Now they kind of built trips into their season, so they 
they kind of used to that. So, yeah, it would be a, a great win if Thibodeau can go on the road and uh, upset Neville. Does it help or hurt that there's no school on Thursday? Uh, it helps. You think so? Okay. Oh, yes. So, I, I didn't know. I mean, I know you guys are routine-driven, but the fact that you don't have to worry about getting them out of class and all that, you think that's, that's a – okay, good deal. Now, I, I think it does because just the planning part, um, the thing is – uh, what's going to help is uh, if they get charter buses, Mardi Gras over. Yeah. Man, look, North Louisiana, it very well could be possible that Neville might be in school Thursday in Thibodeau. That, yeah, good point. Uh, let's check this out. Uh, we've got Parkway, the number five overall seed, will be taking on number 2080 St. John. If South Lafouche would have gotten in, they finished 29th, by the way. If South Lafouche would have gotten in, they would have been making the trip out to Parkway in the opening round as the 28th seed, uh, Parkway and East St. John. Number 12, Hanville will be at home. They'll be hosting number 21, North Shore, in the opening round. And that wraps up our local contingent who made it in Division One non-select. Let's go to Division Two non-select. And we could tell you that we have um, Lutcher, who is in the field. They're the number 19 overall seed. They are going to be taking on number 14, St. Martinville, in the opening round. They'll be making a road trip out there. And we'll be taking on St. Martinville. The number one seed in that bracket is Wasman, by the way, for those wondering. Division three, non-select. We got a couple of locals. Number nine, St. James is in the bracket. They'll be hosting number 24, Ville Platte, in the opening round. We also have, uh, let's see, number 27, Patterson, who got in. They'll be traveling to take on number six, Sterlington, in the opening round. We've got number 23, Berwick, who's going to be traveling to take on number 10, Mansfield, in the opening round. Berwick had a bunch, a bunch of wins, had a very competitive non-district uh, schedule, got a bunch of wins, and they squeaked their way into the playoffs. Now we move into Division Two Select, and we could tell you that the Vanderbilt Catholic Terriers are the number two overall seed. <coughs> Excuse me. They'll be taking on the winner between Washington, Marion, and Estruma after getting an opening round bye. Don't see any drama for Vanderbilt from either Washington, Marion, or Estruma. So if you just kind of peek between the tea leaves, that would mean maybe – a matchup with Turlings Catholic or Carver in the quarterfinals in Homa. So Vanderbilt is in a pretty good spot there. E.D. White is the number four overall seed. They've got an opening round by there, awaiting the winner between De La Salle and Academy of Our Lady. If E.D. White is successful in that second round matchup, they would be likely facing, you know, maybe Haynes Academy, maybe Bunky. Again, that game would be in Thibodeau, and it would be for a spot to get to the top 28. So two local teams in a really good spot in Division Two Select. We go to Division Three Select, and we could tell you that the Homa Christian School Warriors are in the postseason again. Amazing job by Coach Celestine and his crew there. They're a top 10 seed. Who would have thunk it? Homa Christian School, a top 10 seed. They will be hosting in the opening round Severed in a 10 versus 23 matchup. If Homa Christian wins that matchup, they will be traveling to take on number seven, Glenn Mora, in the second round. So Homa Christian School is in, will be at home in the opening round, and will be trying to get to the second round for the second straight year. Now we go to Division Four Select, and we could tell you that uh, we've got two local teams who are in the bracket in that uh, classification. Central Catholic is going to be at home in the opening round watching everybody else play. They've got an opening round bye. They're the number six overall seed. They will be facing the winner between number 11, Luis McGeehee, and number 22, Ascension Christian. So they've got an opening round bye. 
A team who will be competing in the opening round is CCA. They're going to be at home, the number 10 seed, taking on number 23, Riverside Academy. If CCA defeats Riverside, they'll be taking on a district opponent, number 7, Highland Baptist. You go look at the regular season, Highland Baptist uh, beat CCA twice, both times by single digits. So, boy, they would love nothing more than to get some revenge there. Uh, but if CCA uh, succeeds there, they'll be traveling to take on Highland Baptist. So congratulations to all of our playoff teams. Got several teams that are at home in the opening round. Handful of teams who've got opening round buys. Handful of teams who I think, quite frankly, got a really better than good shot to make it to the top 28. So we wish everybody the best of luck and um, hope to be seeing some of our locals at the University Center a little bit later in the month out at Hammond. Yep, that's going to be here, I think, first games this week or Thursday? Thursday, yeah. So, should be a whole lot of fun to see how our local teams fare there around the state. And we've got some of our better teams who are going to be off throughout the course of the week. Would you Would you like having the bye or would you rather keep going? Uh, if you get the bye, it means you are in the top. So, yes, I would I – would, uh, Rather, uh, I would like a buy, but uh, you can do things in practice where you can kind of stay fresh. So, yes, I would definitely welcome a buy. So, like if you're Vanderbilt, um, yeah, I guess they've done a good, and I, not I say I guess they have done a good job of scheduling some challenging games in between district. Right? They played Southern Lab. That's a brutal game. They played Dominican. That's a really tough game. Their last two games, they won by, uh, let's do that loose math, 38 and then by 50. And then now you're not going to play anybody this week. And then you're going into a matchup with Washington Marion or Struma that you're going to be heavily favored in that one. And I know we, we've asked this question a million times, and I've asked it to you a million different ways. How do you make sure that you're not becoming Gonzaga? And what I mean by that is Gonzaga gets into the NCAA tournament every year, winning every conference game by 50. And then when they get into the NCAA tournament, they don't know what to do when they get punched in the face because they've never been punched in the face before. How does Vanderbilt handle that, um, knowing that it's going to have been a while since they've been challenged the next time that they are challenged? Yeah, competition and practice. Uh, try and stay fresh and keep your, your, your young ladies fresh and just competition. And uh, you don't have to go very long. I mean, now at this time of the year, uh, you don't have to practice for two and a half hours, but uh, you do things just to keep them fresh and keep uh, the intensity up and keep them uh, on a positive vibe. And it is going to help that their their first or their second round game is going to be against an opponent where they, they should have no problem. You could kick off some of the rust yeah. there. Uh, let's catch a break. When we get back, we're going to Ellender and we're chatting with Coach Cornell Scott. The Patriots are sitting at 29 right now in the Division II non-select power rankings. They are a tenth of a point away from getting into postseason. If they beat South Lafouche today, they'll be sitting in a good spot. Quite frankly, if they lose to South Lafouche today, they might be out. So it's a huge game for Ellender today. We'll chat with their coach in the next segment. It's play-by-play. We'll be right back after this.
It's Mardi Gras time, and Joe's Septic Contractors would like to let everyone know that there is still time to call in your orders for portable toilets and hand wash stations. You can order two, three, six, ten, and eighteen stall restroom trailers from everyone at Joe's Septic Contractors. Have a happy and safe Mardi Gras. Call 985-632-5592 or visit joeseptic.com. Advanced Eye Institute and Cutoff is your hometown eye care provider. Dr. Darby Chasson is here to serve the eye care needs of your entire family. Full-service eye medical and vision services are provided in a friendly atmosphere. For the latest in designer frames to advancements in astigmatism and bifocal contact lenses, call Advanced Eye Institute at 985-632-2884 for your appointment today or visit our website at visionsourceadvancedeyecutoff.com. At Riley Johns Blue Boot Foundation, our mission is to help everyone be safer in and around water. Did you know drowning is the number one accidental cause of death in children under the age of four and the second leading cause of accidental death in children under the age of 14? Adolescents and adults are at greater risk of drowning in open water. Remember, drowning is preventable. Join Riley Johns Blue Boot Foundation. When it comes to brain and spine surgery, you want an expert. You want Thibodeau Regional. Our neurosurgeons perform complex back, neck, and brain surgeries, as well as minimally invasive and even same-day procedures. Spine and even basic brain surgery may be commonly available in our region. What isn't common is the expertise and quality care you'll receive at Thibodeau Regional Brain and Spine Clinic. Welcome back to Play by Play here on KLEB. Casey just there here with Coach Brian Kiley. We make a trip out to the east side, and we got Coach Cornell Scott on the line now. The Ellender Patriots are taking on South Lafouche this afternoon over at Terrebonne High. Coach, how we doing today, man? Hey, good morning. How y'all doing? Good. We were just talking in the first segment of the show, bro. This is a huge game for your team, man. You guys are just outside of the top 28 in the rankings right now, uh, just a tenth of a point away from being inside of the top 28. If you beat South Lafouche, you can maybe climb up a spot or two. If you lose to South Lafouche, you might drop a spot or two. This feels like it's a playoff game for your team today. It does, and that's what we've kind of been talking about with our guys. Uh, and like a couple of games back, uh, I gave them a goal. I say, if y'all win six out of eight, you know, I say, uh, I think y'all can squeak in the playoffs. And uh, we just want to get in there and uh, just get a guy some experience uh, being such a young team. Coach, uh, is there first, is there going to be a JV game today? Yes. Okay. And then the second question is, first time when you guys came down the bye, you played a lot of your varsity guys in that JV game. Now that it's a little later in the year, do you scale back a little bit on that? Or is it still just a situation of, hey, we're going to go and do what we do and get those guys as much floor time as we can? You know, we've just been kind of playing about ear. You know, we've been trying to get guys some playing time and just, uh, just getting them ready to uh, play in a game. You know, just uh, a lot of my guys needed some game time experience. So we had just been kind of doing it, uh, playing it by ear. But, uh, you know, we're looking to uh, really get after it and, and play hard today. Faced South Lafouche earlier in the season, went into the tank and got an overtime win. I know after that game you weren't satisfied with the way you guys played because you kind of squandered a big lead and then had to take it back away in overtime. 
I think you guys have grown a whole lot since then. What are some things that Tarpon fans who saw you early in the year um, should be expecting to see from your team tonight? Uh, they have grown, and pretty much they just buying into what we try to do. You know, so they pretty much gonna probably see the same thing. Just uh, I think our execution has to be a lot better, and that's what I was more disappointed with the last time. Uh, and just execution on defense and on offensive end, but. Uh, I think we'll be ready. The Tarpons so predominantly uh, have ball handling from one player. Terrence Petrie does an excellent job for them as a sophomore. How do you try to slow him down and keep the ball out of his hands? Uh, we really hadn't even talked about that. Really, we just want to get out and play our style of defense. Uh, you know, a lot of the guys on that team are kind of surprises. So we we try not to focus too much on one person which just uh, our team defense, you know, and I think if we do that, I think we'll be all right. Have you done the math, Coach Cornell? Like, if you guys split the final two games, if, if you, you know, beat South Lush, lose to Lutcher, or lose to South Lush, beat Lutcher, do you guys think y'all are going to get in, or does it, is it a situation where to get in, you think y'all have to win the final two? I don't want to put ourselves in that situation <laughs> there you go. where, you know, where you could have to make a choice. Because uh, you never know how the points. Because if you look at the rankings and like the uh, the the records, some records don't uh, represent, you know, the uh, the the spots that they are. So it just depends. You know, we're playing two good tough teams, and uh, we're just trying to go out and get two more wins. And uh, like I told them, if they win six out of eight, they should be in. So that's that's our goal to go and win these last two. Yeah, there you go. That's a good answer, man. Look, it's Lundy Gras. It's a Monday. You know, starting with the sun still out at 3 o'clock. Don't know how big the crowds are going to be either way. There's a lot of stuff pulling the kids in a lot of different directions. How do you make sure that they're focused on the task at hand despite all the distractions? Yeah, just get in there and just kind of keep them a little focused. Uh, but they are kids, you know, so, you know, we talk about what, you know, hey, work hard now, go have fun after, and just be safe. <laughs> Bro, you had one of your own um, at the Super Bowl yesterday. Now, he wasn't on the active roster, but Devontae Martin was still there, man, with the San Francisco 49ers. I'm sure that had to be super special, man. A kid from the east side of Homa who, heck, didn't even play a whole lot of football at Ellender except his senior year, making it all the yeah. way to the big stage. That's got to be a proud papa moment for you, man. Oh, man, I'm so proud of that guy. That guy works so hard, and, you know, he's such a great kid. You know, uh, just the just – the trials that he's been through i'm just so happy for him and his family and uh you know we we always expect big things from him so uh shout out to tate martin and uh love that guy for sure man look coach we're gonna leave you with this what are some keys to victory tonight what are some things the patriots have to do well to beat south of uh execute i think mainly if we execute and and, and play great defense great team defense i think we can come out with a win Coach, thanks so much for the time. You know I got to ask you a favor. Can you get us a table over by the steps in our usual spot, brother? <laughs> I got you. I got you. <laughs> there you go. Sounds like a winner. We'll see you later today, brother. All right, man. See you all today. Yep. Bye. That's Coach Cornell Scott doing a good job. As always, it sounds like Ellender's focus is, well, first off, I loved his answer about, hey, we don't want to worry about the math. Yep. Let's just win the last two games and to hell with it. I like that. Then the second thing is um, <clears throat> they're focused on them. You know, heck, I asked him about ways to slow down South Lafushi. Didn't seem all that familiar with the personnel on the other side. Just said, hey, we got to go play the way that we play. They're focused inward. They think that if they play their best brand of basketball, it'll be enough to get them by. And we'll be curious to see tonight. It should be a very interesting game. Yeah, uh, we'll see.
if um, and I look, he's aware of Terrence Petrie. Of course, there, there's no if ands or buts about that. But uh, from what he just mentioned, he's not. They're not game planning anything special for the Tarpons. They're just going to go out and play, and he believes that if they go and play their the way they're capable, then they can come away with a victory. And uh, I think the Tarpons going to have something to say about that tonight or this afternoon. If they do win their final two games, they would finish 14 and 15 on the season, and they would be the outright district runners-up, which I think would be considering that they started 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 1 and 9. And two and ten, if they could get to fourteen and fifteen, that would represent a remarkable job by Coach Scott and his and his staff. Um, let me ask you this, because I do think that South Lafourche and Ellender are very evenly matched. But let's just just look ahead. Let, let's just assume for a second, and it's a big assumption because I think it's going to be a great game. I think both teams are going to have a great chance to win. But let's assume for a second that Ellender beats South Lafourche today. And, yeah, I don't know, they beat him by six or seven points or whatever. Good, really good game. But let's assume that Ellender's playing Lutcher. You've seen Ellender this year. You've seen Lutcher this year. Who would you favor in that game? Because I'm looking at that schedule right now, and I'm thinking to myself, man, I don't have a clue who would win that. We saw Lutcher play against Bruley at the EDY tournament for a half, and it looked like they were going to be easily the second-best team in the district. But then we played them at their place, and they didn't look very interested, didn't look very good, like, who do you who would you favor in that game on Wednesday? Because I don't have a stinking clue, bro. I could see that being a very, very interesting finale. And if Ellender needs to win it to get in, man, that's that's gonna be a very interesting game later this week. I I would give the nod, slight nod to Lutcher because of their size. But if Ellender can come out and pressure Lutcher and force them into turnovers and make them uncomfortable, it wouldn't shock me at all to see Ellender coming away with a victory. So so now let me ask you this, and forget about the Lutcher game. Let's focus back on the South Lafouche game. If you're Coach Brody Williams, I know we talked about the 10-win thing. I think that's an obvious one, right? That's a goal to try to motivate your team. I think that's standing right there. That's low-hanging fruit. Would you tell the guys today before you got on the bus and headed to Homa, like, hey, we are pretty big rivals with these guys. Um, we could knock their ass out tonight. Would you be bringing that up to them? Is that, hey, we got a chance to knock one of our rivals out, or would you just leave that alone? I, I, I would leave it alone, like knocking them out, because really I don't care. Uh, I wouldn't care. I just want to win the game. And whatever happens, tell them what happened to them. If they're out, they're out. But uh, I wouldn't go into the – game hey let's knock them out no let's win the game let's worry about like coach scott's doing let's worry about us but uh worry about the tarpons and go in and and win the game and what you can do get the 10 wins and uh if you beat them and they knock them out you knock them out but that's wouldn't be my uh main objective you know what's crazy man as we look at this stuff is if ellender played their schedule over again they would easily be in the playoffs. And what I mean by that is in the first week of the season, they lost by 25 to a 6-11 and 11 Port Allen team. That wouldn't happen again. In December, they lost by 7 to a 6-18 Brobridge team. Probably wouldn't happen again. 
They lost by 10 to a 3-13 and Westgate team. Probably wouldn't happen again. They had so many early season disappointments, and I know we can't go back in time, but if we rolled out the ball and started it all over again, there ain't no way this team would be on the bubble. They would be much better positioned than what they are, but such as the breaks. Now they got to win two straight to try to get in. And you look, they had a couple of big wins. I mean, they beat Homer Christian, who's 14 and 10. They beat an E.D. White team. Dutchtown was their big one. Yeah, they beat Dutchtown. Uh, and, and they beat some teams that they should have beat, which they did. Just like the, the Tarpons did uh, a little down the stretch. So uh should be a good game today. Cornell has been open in telling me, and I, don't, I hope he doesn't mind me repeating this on the air, but he told me this uh, through text message. He thought they played very poorly against South Terrebonne. He thought they played pretty poorly against Assumption. So when you look at that, their last four games are a game against South Terrebonne where they struggled, the game against Northside where they got blown out, a game against Assumption where they struggled, and a game against Vanderbilt where they got blown out. So maybe you are catching them at the right time, and maybe you can kind of stick that dagger in and go get your 10th win today if you're Coach Brody. Let's look on the the other side. The Tarpons have not been playing great ball either. Yep. That's a fair point. You know, they, they're struggling to win. They're winning, but uh, they're struggling to beat some of these same teams. Be very, very interesting. Again, that'll be at around 4 o'clock today over at Terrebonne. I asked Cornell about this, and he kind of gave a non-answer answer. Would you be playing your JV? Like, all year long, this is what they've done. They play pretty much their varsity team two games. The JV plays first. It's most of the varsity kids. Then they go get a little Gatorade for 10, 15 minutes. Then they play the varsity game. With the playoffs on the line, I don't know that I would be doing that anymore, but it sounds like that is what they're going to do. Would you be concerned about burning up all the tread on your tires there, um, knowing that, hey, there's two games today, not just one? Not if he's been doing it all year, but um, the thing is, I think he's smart about it. I don't. He's not playing these kids the entire, the, uh, the entire game for a JV game. He, he's rotating them in and out, so it's not – uh, like they play in two full games back to back, they uh, he, he's kind of rotating them in and out. So, uh, yeah, look, he believes in that system. He's going to stay true to it. That's and, what got him where they are right yeah, now. I said it's worked so far for them. Look, let's catch a break when we get back. Uh, we're going to give you a rundown of where some of our boys' basketball teams sit because the power rating numbers are getting to the nitty gritty there with one week left in the season. Um, it's play-by-play. We've got that in the next segment. Then I promise you we'll get to all this Super Bowl madness and chaos. It's play-by-play. We'll be right back after this. Some people just have a knack for being there when you need them the most. Like your third-grade classmate who sticks up for you against that bully. The neighbor who gives you a jump start. And the friend who chases away that flock of geese at your outdoor wedding. Your state farm agent has your back, too. Your good times and the not-so-good. And who's got your agents back? State Farm, the company people have trusted for more than 90 years. We're here to help life go right. Call State Farm Agent Ashley Barrios and cut off today at 985-632-0988. Absolute Fitness wants to welcome our community to come back and check us out. You'll discover an amazing environment and a friendly and welcoming staff at Absolute Fitness. We have a 12,000 square foot facility with all new top-of-the-line equipment, new saunas, an amazing smoothie bar, personal trainers, and much, much more. Absolute Fitness offers many types of very competitive memberships along with a dual membership with our proud partner, CrossFit Brackish. Absolute Fitness at 17092 West Main Street, Galliano. 
3T Oil Change is an efficient quick loop service that offers oil changes for gas and diesel engines, brake tags, tire sales and services, engine and cabin air filters, bulb replacement and wiper blades with the convenience of a drive through No appointment necessary. 3T Oil Change on Main Street and Cutoff. Call 798-7401. Proud supporter of South LaFouche Sports. 3T Oil Change says, Go Tarpons! Home Health Services in South LaFouche are vital right now. Look no further than Lady of the Sea Home Health for the sick, the elderly, and the homebound. Our caring staff makes each day a little brighter, a little better. With quality health care and warm, genuine support, you and your loved ones are the most comfortable, content, and independent in your own home. Speak to your physician today about Home Health Services from Lady of the Sea. Call 985-632-6900 for more information. Quality health care locally for you. I don't know, man. After all the stuff that he's been alleged to have done, like I feel like we got to take that song out of our rotation. It's play by play. I would agree. <laughs> yes. It's play by play. Uh, yeah, we might need to get with Bud there and remove that one from the rotation. I don't know that we need to be rocking with the Vince McMahon anymore. Um, couple things here. I didn't realize this, and, and Brian, a lot of our local coaches didn't realize this. You get a a whole PowerPoint for winning a district championship. Andrew said he learned that last week. <laughs> so um, some of these numbers that we're giving you here are going to be maybe a little skewed based on teams winning district. I didn't realize that. And, and Andrew said he found out last week. But on the girls' side, yeah, plus one for all the district champs. They did get it? Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. Is, isn't it crazy that like we, we just don't know um, going into the year? But, yeah, they got a plus one, man. I'm I'm gonna look the rule book, the the handbook, and uh, I don't know that it's in there. I don't think it's, it's not. <laughs> right, <laughs> my point. Right. Uh, I saw Hunter Bauer talking on on his GoPreps Facebook this week. It's like, yeah, hey, I know the power ratings are what they are, but we haven't added the plus one for district champions yet. Um, and then Andrew at the at the Central Fusion Thibodeau game said, yeah, yeah, that's what we're being told. We're getting a power. It's not even in the handbook. Like we're just making stuff up as we go. But anyway, boys basketball power rating numbers right now for Division I non-select. HL Bourgeois is the outright district champions. No one could catch them. They have a two-game lead with just one game left. They're sitting at number eight right now. They're going to be at home. They're going to be uh, comfortably at home. They're trying to stay in the top eight so that they could be home for two rounds. Hanville is currently the number 14 team in the state of Louisiana. Um... They have a little room to go up. They have a little room to go down, so they're trying to stay at home. East St. John, 19-11, and 11, sitting at number 15 right now. They're trying to hold on, trying to protect that spot and stay at home. Terrebonne has made some hay here down the stretch. They were on the bubble big time. They ain't on the bubble anymore. They're now sitting at number 20. If the playoffs started today, Terrebonne would be traveling to take on Walker in the opening round. 19-13, and 13, Terrebonne trying to wrap up the season, continuing that momentum that they've built. It's going to be a repeat of what we said last week, but the team locally on the bubble is Central Lafouche. Central Lafouche is 16-9. and They're 27th right now. There's not a whole lot separating them from 28 or, frankly, 29. If Central Lafouche doesn't win a game this week, which would be Hanville 
and HL Bourgeois, Brian, I don't know if they could get in. And not to be blunt or harsh because we're rooting for them to get in, but if they don't play better this week than they did against Thibodeau on Friday, they ain't getting in because they're not going to beat either of those two teams. Central Lafouche better find their mojo again like right now because they survived on Friday. That was not playoff basketball at home on Friday. They better find a way to get to a new level if they want to beat one of the two teams that they got to face this week to try to get in. Yep, big week for the Trojans. And look, uh, a team's power rankings shall be the result of the contest plus two points for playing up, plus the district champions will have one point added See? to their total score. See? How dare us doubt the LHSA. They probably added that in like yesterday, but it's there. <laughs> it's in the handbook, and the district champion does get a PowerPoint. In Division One non-select, Thibodeau, South Lafouche, and South Terrebonne, as well as Destrehan, are way too far out to be in the chase. Division two, non-select. We've got Lutcher at 21. Lutcher's just playing for seeding. They're not going to be at home. They're not going to be left out. They're playing for seeding. Ellender's at 29. They're .11, a tenth of a point away from being in the top 28. They're chasing rain right now. They're also trying to hold off Church Point, who they have just a .08 of a point lead over. Ellender's trying to get in. Tonight's game, with, or this afternoon's game with South Lafouche for them is huge. Brian, I know I asked Cornell what happens if they split. I think I know what happens if they split. I don't think they're getting in. Um, they have to have them both this week, and they're both 50-50 games. South Lafouche, a team you played overtime with. Lutcher, a team who played super close to South Lafouche. They got them both at home. Don't know if it's really even Ellender's home, though. It's at Terrebonne. Uh, that helps, though. They got to have them both if they want to get in. I agree. I think Ellender has to win out to get in. Morgan City and Assumption will not be in the postseason in Division Two non-select. Division Three non-select. We've got oh the ever consistent Patterson Lumberjacks, who are number seven right now. They're thirteen and sixteen overall, and are number seven. That tells you that they've played a crazy schedule. They're going to be at home in the opening round. Donaldsonville has had a very quiet, really effective season. They're fifteen and ten overall. They're number twelve currently. They're going to get in. They're going to be at home in the opening round. St. James has had a solid basketball season. They're sitting at 24th. They're going to get in. They're going to be on the road in the opening round. Then you scroll down. Berwick's not going to get in. We go to Division II Select. Vanderbilt Catholic hanging on, trying desperately to stay in that top four. Remember we said they were going to lose some power points playing some district games. They have done a really nice job of of scheduling some games outside of that, and they've also gotten a little help from some of the teams around them losing some games. Vanderbilt's sitting at number four, trying to hang on to that. What does that mean? If you're in the top four, you're going to be at home every game until the top 28. The Terriers are trying to hold on to that last spot and uh, stay in the top four. E.D. White right now is sitting at number 24. They got a little wiggle room. They can maybe move up a little bit. But they're not going to drop out of the top 24 because they have a two-full PowerPoint lead over number 25, Booker T. Washington. So it is going to be a playoff year for E.D. White. They're just trying to improve their seeding here coming down the stretch. Division three, Homa Christian School, is going to be in. They're sitting at 17. Brian, we've talked about this several times. This, this is the only matchup locally that feels locked in. They're going to be 17. They're going to be facing 16 Thomas Jefferson in the opening round. That's, that's been locked in. Homa Christian School has a almost a full PowerPoint lead on number 18, but they're almost 
They're a power point and a half away from 16 Thomas Jefferson. That's going to probably be an opening round matchup. We saw them play early in the year. The Warriors will have to go to their place this time. That's going to be a fun game there, and it looks like that's pretty set in stone that that's going to be the first-round matchup. Yeah, and, and Thomas Jefferson, I believe I'm correct, that's a small court where, oh, they, where, that, they, if, where they play. If where they play is where you guys played in the Thomas Jefferson tournament, yeah, that's a very small venue. But it brings up the question, will they even be allowed to play a playoff game in that venue? Ah, that's a good point. Maybe not. Well, the uh, lower classification, maybe. It might be that the jam fits uh, a good bit of people, I believe, on the yeah. uh, on that one side. But who, yeah, who knows? But if they got to play it in that, it, uh, that's a small gym. Newman is currently the number one team in Division Three Select. Don't even know why the hell they're eligible for the playoffs, yeah. but that's neither here nor there. Division Four Select. We've got Central Catholic of Morgan City, who's number eight right now. They dropped a spot or two last week after slipping up and having a tough loss. They're 16 and 7, sitting at number 8. CCA is number 12 right now. It looks like Coach Jackson and his team are going to be at home in the opening round of the playoffs, sitting at number 12. They've actually got a spot or two that they can maybe move up here coming down the stretch. So it's the final week of the regular season. We got a lot of teams, well, not a lot, but we've got a handful of teams playing tonight. We got a handful of teams who are playing Wednesday. Not a whole lot tomorrow, though we do have some playoff soccer tomorrow. I'll get to that in just a second. Then Thursday and Friday, again, the same thing. You got a bunch of district games Thursday, a bunch of district games Friday. And then there's even going to be a couple of stragglers who are going to play on Saturday to try to get some last-minute power points. But it's that final stretch run. These numbers are going to change and fluctuate daily. To me, it's the funnest time of the year. Um, but for coaches who are sweating it out and who are on the bubble, it's probably the least fun time of the year. It's going to be a lot of folks burning that midnight oil and hitting refresh on that GoPrep site over the next week or so. Yeah, because uh, every game counts. Every game counts. Your opponents, if they win or lose, that has an effect on your power ranking. So every single game you got to pay attention to. And the difference of one game can make a big, big difference. Yeah, no doubt. Um, soccer, we mentioned. We've got two local teams who are still in the playoffs. They're both playing tomorrow on Mardi Gras Day. E.D. White is traveling to the Burbank Soccer Complex uh, complex to take on St. Michael, the Archangel. This is a girls' soccer matchup in Division Three. Number 3, St. Michael hosting number 6, E.D. White, over at the Burbank Soccer Complex tomorrow at noon. And then tomorrow in Division Three, boys, we got the Vanderbilt Catholic Terriers who are going to be hosting Parkview Baptist at 10 o'clock over at Marcelo Stadium. So we got two teams playing tomorrow. Les Le Bon Temps Roulet, they're going to get some Mardi Gras soccer. Hopefully both of those teams are successful in their endeavors and could punch that ticket into the semifinals. Yep, excited time of the year in the basketball season, soccer playoffs. You know what next Monday is? Opening day. Opening day. Tarpons will be taking on North Lake Christian. Opening day just seven days away. Let's catch a break when we get back. Got to start talking about the Super Bowl, right? It was wild. It was crazy. We had overtime. We had so much crazy done, different things to discuss. It's play-by-play. Play. We'll be right back after this. 
It's Mardi Gras time, and Joe's Septic Contractors would like to let everyone know that there is still time to call in your orders for portable toilets and hand wash stations. You can order two, three, six, ten, and eighteen stall restroom trailers from everyone at Joe's Septic Contractors. Have a happy and safe Mardi Gras. Call 985-632-5592 or visit joeseptic.com. Remember, water safety isn't just for the summer months. Water safety is a year-long commitment to our family and friends as well as our community. A few safety tips to remember. Be mindful of children when there is any water around, whether it be pools, ponds, lakes, bathtubs, or the bayou. Keep all bodies of water secure with fences, gates, and covers when not in use. Drowning does not discriminate. It happens to people of every age and swimming ability. Merry Christmas and Happy New Year from the Riley Johns Blue Boot Foundation. State Bank and Trust Company has provided Cajun banking served just the way you like it for now 70 years. State Bank offers a wide variety of modern conveniences without having to sacrifice that personal touch that we all know and love. So stop by today and get a taste of Cajun banking and be met by a smiling, familiar face who loves our area as much as you do. That State Bank and Trust Company still standing strong after 70 years of loyal service to our community. Is knee pain keeping you from living your best life? Get back into the swing of things with a robotic-assisted knee replacement from Thibodeau Regional Health System. Robotic-assisted knee replacement means greater precision and a joint replacement that's customized to your anatomy. And this could mean less pain and a quicker recovery. Most importantly, it can mean improving your quality of life. Learn more at Thibodeau.com. The Super Bowl was last night in Las Vegas, and we had a wild and crazy game, which ended in the Kansas City Chiefs getting a victory, their third victory in five years in the Super Bowl. Patrick Mahomes and the crew take a 25-22 to win over San Francisco. Um, there were a couple of things that stood out to me first, is that on one hand, I thought really for the first quarter and a half, two quarters, the 49ers were beating the snot out of the Chiefs and just couldn't score. Fumbled in the red zone, had some big sacks and just some mistakes. They were dominating the game and couldn't find a way to score. Then, towards the end of the second quarter and throughout the third quarter, the 49ers got flat and the Chiefs took advantage and actually took a 13-10 to lead going into the fourth quarter. Then in the fourth, it was anybody's guess. Both teams were making plays. The 49ers got a field goal to take the lead. Um, excuse me, uh, the 49ers get a touchdown to take the lead, and the Chiefs get a field goal, 49ers get a field goal, then Mahomes goes down the field and gets the, the, the game uh, tying field goal with Butker there at the end. Then in overtime, things got a little bit funky. I don't know that the 49ers understood the rules. I don't know why they took the ball first in overtime. They went down the field. 13 plays, 66 yards. I thought they got kind of conservative in the red zone a little bit. And then the Chiefs got the ball back, and down the stretch they went, scoring a touchdown. couple of notes there. San Francisco made the decision to get the ball first in overtime. With both teams being guaranteed a possession in overtime, I think that's a mistake. You were choosing to have your offense play with three downs, 
while willingly giving your opponent four downs. That's a mistake. That's the first thing. The second thing is several 49er players said after the game they didn't know the new overtime rule. They didn't know, hey, were the Chiefs going to run out of time at the end? Because watching live, that's what I thought was about to happen. Turns out you get to finish your possession. They would have just flipped the field. Clock would have started over. I didn't realize that. 49ers didn't realize the rules at times. And McCole Hartman, who caught the game winner, didn't realize that the game was over when he caught the game winner. So it was interesting that we have such a great game and it comes down to the end and like folks on both teams didn't even realize that the game was over. It was crazy to see, but it was a very entertaining, albeit at times not all that well played Super Bowl. We sure got our entertainment value in Kansas City gets the win. I said it last week, right? I said, hey, I don't really know who's going to win either way, but I think it's going to be an offensive struggle. It barely hit, but under 47 and a half did hit. Cha-ching, goodness. We sweated that one out. The Chiefs win their third in five years. Look, I I think it was an entertaining Super Bowl. Uh, I enjoyed it, sitting back, just watching. And um, the the 49ers, man, had chances. They, they were right there. to, And I know at the end, the overtime kind of, yeah, you should go second because you get your four downs. But they still went and got a field goal. And yeah. if their defense does their job and holds uh, Kansas City, I mean, they had a, couple, a four down play or so where they could have won the game. But, uh, man, they were close. They were real close to uh, to getting that victory. I, I think it was it was a good, entertaining game. Uh, some things happened in the course of that game to kind of make you scratch your head, like, what is going on? But uh, for the most part, uh, very good Super Bowl. Third time Shanahan is part of a staff that blows a double-digit lead in the Super Bowl. He was part of the staff with Atlanta that blew the 28-3. to He coached one in San Francisco that blew a 10-point lead. They had a 10-point lead last night and blew it again. Um, don't know that he necessarily did anything wrong, per se, but I don't know down the stretch that they were necessarily playing to grab the game by the throat. I think they were playing to not have Brock Purdy screw the game up. They kind of made things, I think, a little too simple for him at times. But on the flip side to that, you're facing maybe the best quarterback that there is. Um, and it's just hard when you have a game manager and you're facing an elite-level guy like Mahomes. Like, whenever the 49ers kicked the field goal, was there any doubt to you that Kansas City was going to at least get a field goal back? Like, it, I, I, there was no question in my mind they were going to score something. I didn't know that it would necessarily be a touchdown, but that's just what you're up against when you're facing those guys. When they have to have it, they're going to get it just about every single time. And kudos to them. Holmes started running, uh, got some big first downs with his legs, found Kelsey a couple times, nine catches, 93 yards, and then Hardman gets the game winner. There was no doubt in my mind down the stretch that they were going to at least match the field goal, but probably get a touchdown. And frankly, at the end of regulation, had they not run out of time, I thought they would have scored a touchdown there too. Yeah, especially in that overtime when you to getting four downs. Yeah, to, to that it's hard. I mean, come to on, stop Mahomes him. does it in regular with three. You giving him an extra down. It's like man, I I don't see how you can stop him. And um, but yeah, I thought Kansas City was at least going to be in position to kick a tie and field goal, at worst. 
But uh, that extra down proved to be uh, big for them. We saw the two longest field goals in Super Bowl history yesterday. Harrison Butker made a 57-yarder. Jake Moody made a 55-yarder. But Jake Moody also missed a huge extra point. And I'm saying it. I don't know if you agree or disagree. But the commentator, who's the, the special teams guy in the boot, said it as well. Jake Moody missed that extra point. That wasn't no blocked extra point. He kicked it straight. Yeah, in, yeah, it was extremely low, very easy to block. And it's just unfortunate. And I know it's not all on him, right? There's so much that could have gone different or whatever. But the game don't go to overtime if not for that. Um, well, just unfortunate the, the game, situation. The game was played different in, in that fourth quarter. So who who knows? But you're right. It probably won't go into overtime. You might have a winner. <clears throat> Uh, in that fourth quarter, which team wins, I don't know, but uh, yeah, it was played different. But uh, definitely, yeah, he missed, kicked it. Uh, it was low coming out, and did a good job blocking it. The Chiefs fumbled five times last night, um, and only lost one. That was the Pacheco fumble in the in the red zone. There, they recovered six fumbles because they recovered one from the 49ers and then fell on five of their other fumbles throughout the course of the game. Uh, so, dude, at times they were having, and this didn't end up being a factor, right? It didn't end up costing them the game. But what was going on with their center, dude? Mahomes was having to wear a baseball glove to field ground balls all game long. In the shotgun was a real problem. We're talking right now and not bringing it up as the Chiefs ended up winning, but it could have very easily been a fumbled shotgun snap that would have cost them the game. Mahomes was like a gymnast back there. He was on his P's and Q's, and more impressive than the way that he played was the fact that he didn't end up losing a fumble despite all that hoopla going on all game. Yeah, reminding I guess the pressure has to be reminding me of Alabama, where they couldn't get a snap. But um, yeah, Mahomes did a great job of, of of not letting it get a lot worse than what it was. But I mean, I, I don't is pressure uh, money. <laughs> I'll knows? be honest. I'll be honest. And if I got family that's listening to the show, and I know some of you guys do, I'm going to probably make some of you guys angry, but I don't care. I went into the game last night genuinely not really rooting for anybody. Let's just have a good game. It's going to be close. Hey, I, I want to see Purdy make some plays. I want to see Mahomes. I love watching Christian McCaffrey. Didn't have any rooting interest in the world. But when you're in a room full of drunk people yelling and screaming and cussing, every time they show Taylor Swift on the TV by the end of the game, I was the biggest Kansas City Chiefs fan in the world. What? What? Why do we hate this lady so much, Brian? I know that you've kind of come on my side a little bit, and it doesn't bother you anymore. What is the deal? Why are we so protective of, oh, she has nothing to do with football. Why are we showing her? Last year, they showed Kelsey's mom in the booth all game long. Didn't say a word about it. What is it about Taylor Swift that irritates and aggravates so many people? I don't understand it. She's a pretty good role model. Um, her, She's very well liked. What she's, a company she was keeping last night. Well, that was a little suspect, yeah. Um, why? Why are we so angry? Like, life is too short. They must have shown her on the screen eight, nine times last night for a total of maybe about 60 seconds. If that 60 seconds of seeing her fist pumping and clapping ruins your day, then you're miserable, bro. You are miserable. Why does that bother so many people, Brian? Look, I, I don't have a problem with it. You know, I, I beginning, okay, but <clears throat> now I, I really don't. And 
go back to national championship games and how many times the they show the the starting quarterback's girlfriend in the crowd or the the parents of the starting quarterback. I'll give you an example. Illinois, Chicago. How many times did they show Sister Jean in the stands? Yeah. Nobody said anything when it was a nun being shown. Go back to Little League. How many times did they show the Little League parents in the stands? I mean, it, it's part of it. That's what they do. They, uh, it's um, it, it, it just it makes it because who she is, they make a big deal out of it. And, uh, and for look, the record, she has said openly several times she doesn't want to be shown. She wants to try to be out of the limelight as much as possible. There was a clip in the AFC Championship game where she's watching the game on the monitor in the suite. She sees herself, and you could lip read. She says, ooh, go away. She doesn't want to be seen. It's not her doing this. It's the television people and the producers who are probably betting on the over and are showing her all game long. She doesn't want to be seen all game. She just wants to hang out with her friends and support Travis Kelsey, man. Yeah, and uh, I, I really – it's – I'm not really a big fan of it, but it's not going to – not gonna irritate ruin your me day, to no right? end. I mean, show her. Who cares? It, it, it's not, to me, not a big deal. The big deal is uh, her boyfriend. Yeah, we could talk ne- about that. He needs to chill out. What he? Uh, there's no reason. I don't care if he's mic'd up or he can make a joke about it or this and that. You went up to your head coach and you made contact with your head coach and you kind of like shoved him and in his face on the biggest stage in football to make an ass out of yourself, which what he did. Then after the game, you get an interview. Singing Viva and Las singing Vegas. singing and <laughs> d- dude is, it's, it, that's, that's the ridiculous part of it. <laughs> you know, why would someone be attracted to that? Maybe is the question yeah. that we have to ask. Look, Here's my thoughts on this. Um, Andy said it wasn't a big deal. Travis Kelsey said it wasn't a big deal. I don't know that he intended to like bump him or whatever like he did. I think he was just hot and excited because he was wide open then to get, get the ball thrown his way, whatever it may be. But like I told you off the air before the show, to Andy and Travis Kelsey, this probably isn't a huge deal because they've been with one another for a decade. They know one another. They They're like you know, father, son, older brother, little brother, however you want to explain it, it's probably not a huge deal to them. But to the 10-year-old who's watching this and now thinks that when the ball doesn't get thrown to him, he could go and push his coach down, that's where we've got to be better. He is way too much of a um, role model figure to do stupid crap like that. That was that was dumb. That was really dumb, really unfortunate. Um Thankfully, Andy Reid didn't get knocked over because that could have been even worse. Uh, but yeah, that was that was that was not a good look. Didn't, didn't you see Jason Kelsey? He was in a he, Chiefs jersey or something, huh? And, and kind of uh, relaxed. I, I didn't see him doing the crazy. How would you feel if now I get it? Jason Kelsey, Kelsey has kind of said that he's retired now, so he probably doesn't give a damn either way. But. If let's say that he was not retired or that he makes the decision in the offseason to come back for one more year. Or if you're the Eagles, are you comfortable with him like rocking Kansas City Red everywhere he goes now? I mean, I get it. It's his brother's team. Yeah, all, I w- but... yeah, I would be comfortable. That's his brother. Okay. Yeah, that, that, just something that 
kind of struck me as odd. Like you could, to me, you could wear a red shirt with not necessarily having the chief logo and everything all over, but that is his brother at the end of the day. Um, Mahomes now has three Super Bowl rings. He's 28. Tom Brady has seven. Is Mahomes going to get to Brady at some point in his career? No. You don't think so? No. Why not? I, I just think the leagues will be more competitive. Uh, they all say it's harder and harder to do to get back, to keep getting back. Uh, I, I, I know. I, I just I don't see it. Um, look, early in the season, the Chiefs, people are writing them off. <laughs> They're done. They couldn't catch the ball, and they got on a roll. Uh, can they do it again? I, I, I just – I don't see it. Hopefully not. I, I want to see someone else. So last night, and maybe maybe I'm the only human being that even noticed this because I do some of this this work. I really like Tony Romo, right? A lot of folks don't. I really like him. Is it because he's an old cowboy? Probably so. But then I say that I don't like Troy Aikman, and he's an old cowboy. But I think Romo gets a bad rap. I think a lot of people are unfairly critical of him at times. Last night, for the game-winning touchdown, he was incredibly annoying. When you're in situations like that as a media member and something historic is happening, your job as a color analyst, and the phrase that we use is let it breathe. Once Jim Nance said, touchdown, game's over, nothing should have been said for 30 or 40 seconds there while we're panning to read and we're showing Mahomes and we're showing Taylor Swift Instead, we got Romo. Oh, this is a play. Just on and on and on and on and on and on. Shut up. You've got five minutes before we go to the next commercial where you could break down what they did on the play and what they did in this and why it worked. Let it breathe. Last night, I'm trying to see what's going on, and I'm trying to experience the environment, and I'm trying to take myself there to Las Vegas. And five seconds after the touchdown, I got Romo telling me schematics and drawing on the screen. and Too much, bro. Let it breathe. Let it breathe, Tony. Yeah, look, the only thing I didn't like with Romo last night was 49ers had the ball inside maybe their own 30. I think it was the fourth quarter. And he was like, oh, you got to go for it if you don't make it on third down. Like, come on, are you crazy? He ended up being right, though. They needed a yeah. touchdown. But still, I mean. I, yeah, I get it. You have to kick. But he, he ended up having it right. He, he was always, oh, you got to go for it. You got to go for it. Yeah, because it's not you. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's the only thing. With, he uh, he kind of irked me right there. Always wanted to, they got to go for it. They got to go for it. And I feel for, and this is not a guy that I root for. I actually think he's kind of arrogant Dre Greenlaw tore his Achilles yesterday running onto the field after a possession change you could see it in slow motion if you're a little bit queasy don't go back and watch it you could see his tendon bursting as he runs onto the field he's going to be out for now 12 whole months pretty much all of next season too that's a big piece to the 49er defense and man that sucks you're not even you're minding your own business you're not doing anything crazy you're just getting ready to go out onto the field and the football gods say, yep, you're out for the next year, torn Achilles. That's terrible, man. That was that was, that was was awful to see. Yeah, these non-contact injuries are brutal. 
Why do you room. think those have like we I feel like maybe we just pay attention to them more now, but like, I feel like there's also more of those now than what there have been in the past. I think the guys are just too wound up and I don't know. Yeah, I mean his foot caught on the the grass a certain way, I guess, and that was a shame, man. And right away, his teammates knew it, and oh, he knew yes. it right away. Yeah, there was no doubt. I mean, it was an Achilles all the way, 110%. It's it's such a sad thing. But great game last night, the second-ever Super Bowl to go into overtime. Kansas City wins their third in five years. Mahomes wins the MVP. I thought that the MVP should have gone to the kicker. I know you're never going to give it to a kicker. But Butker made a 57-yard field goal, was 4-4, four four, made some clutch extra points. I thought, thought it should have gone to him. Such is life. Andy Reid and the crew get another one. Andy Reid did say that he's coming back next year, ending some retirement speculation. Um, and in Vegas, these are the two top favorite teams to win the Super Bowl next year already. The 49ers are first, the Chiefs are second. What about halftime? Let's catch a break. We'll talk about halftime. I loved it. I don't sense from talking to you about it off there that you liked it as much uh we'll talk about that it's play by play we'll be right back after this on kleb advanced eye institute and in cutoff your hometown eye care specialist is happy to announce the addition of another hometown eye care provider and dr tana lafont to our office dr lafont is happy to be back home in south lafouche to provide eye care services for the community call the office at 985-632-2884 to make your appointment today Dr. Darby Shasson and Dr. Tana LaFont look forward to providing the best eye care services to their hometown for years to come. Visit us at 16140 West Main Street in Cutoff. Golden Motors has your next car, truck, or SUV waiting for you with big savings. Savings like 3.9% APR for 60 months on select models. Or take 10000 off MSRP on a 2023 Chevy Silverado RST Z71. Yep, 10000 off. Come in today to take advantage of big savings at Golden Motors. Price is priority. Chevy, together, let's drive. What would you do if you had a broken bone? You'd go to the doctor and use your insurance, right? Well, what would you do if you have a serious problem with drugs and alcohol? Most people do nothing until it's way too late. Your insurance can help you get clean and sober with the assistance of a place like the Detox and Treatment Helpline. Many times, addiction treatment is fully covered. So why not use your insurance to treat your addiction problem just like you would if you had a broken bone? And with the Family Medical Leave Act, you're allowed to take time off by law and your employer doesn't need to know the reason. So there are two good reasons. You've got insurance you can use for your addiction problem. And with the Family Medical Leave Act, it's completely confidential. Call now, 800-398-7414. That's 800-398-7414. What's up? This is Casey Gisclair, and this is why I choose State Bank for all my banking needs. State Bank is a local bank, which means you get a taste of home when you walk through the doors. The bank's motto is Cajun Banking. Serve just the way you like it, and that's for a reason, because you're always greeted by a real banker who provides smiling service. But State Bank also has the latest banking technologies, which means you get the best without having to sacrifice that personal touch that we all love. So go visit them today at one of their many locations. They're proud bankers serving a proud community. Resilient bankers serving a resilient community. At State Bank, now 70 years strong.
Welcome back to Play by Play. Hopefully that everybody's having a wonderful day. Another reminder, we're going to be at Terrebonne High School um, today. We're going to be on the air around 4. Um, following South Lafouche as they take on the Ellender Patriots. Junior varsity starts at 3. The game that we'll be broadcasting will start around 4. Can't wait to see the Tarpons take on Ellender. So, you said you wanted to talk about the Super Bowl halftime show. Um, oh, man. I was, I was thoroughly entertained. Um, Usher is guy who started to get his popularity when I was in junior high. Um, so, man, like a lot of those songs was like bringing me back to my you know, teenage years. I enjoyed it. I, I liked um, seeing Alicia Keys, though Alicia Keys' first note that she sung was well out of tune, like her voice cracked a little bit, but that's okay. I um, thought Usher did a good job. I thought Ludacris did a good job. I thought Lil John did a pretty good job. I liked the halftime show. Did you not like the halftime show, Brian Colley? But I get the feeling Man, that you I did. I loved it. Lo- no, listen. Uh, it was entertaining. Mm-hmm. I, th- I thought it was a, a good halftime show. Just but uh, me and my wife, we, we never Googled so much at a, during our halftime <laughs> show. Who's this? What song? Is, it's just it wasn't songs that that I grew up with. That yeah, I, you know, I that. I, I'm and I, I'm not knocking the the performance at all. I thought it was great. It's just um, not my cup of tea. No, I just I I, it, I didn't uh, know the songs. I didn't know who was this, who's this guy, who's this. I I didn't know any of them. Oh, I was singing along, man. I was uh yeah, I was enjoying myself. And, and and I can see where people that were familiar with the songs would love it, and because it was good. I, I'm not knocking it at all. It's just. Um, not for me. I just I didn't I didn't know. Who um here's here's what my thoughts were. Yeah, I thought it was a really good show. I thought everybody performed well. It was cool to see, you know, the the people that were famous when I was in high school and in junior high and, and and to sing all the songs that I used to sing with my friends and everything on the buses and everything. That that was all cool. Um my thoughts were okay, after seeing Usher on the stage after a 10 or 15 minute performance and he was drowned in sweat, like dying of dehydration right before our eyes. How does he get through a three and a four hour concert? It was like he's got a concert coming. I, I, the Clippers are about to open their own arena. It's going to be called the Intuit Dome. And the first event that's going to be held at the Intuit Dome is going to be an Usher concert in early September. There's not enough Gatorade in the world to get through four hours of him. Like, he was about to pass out after 10 or 15 minutes. I guess just that adrenaline's pumping or whatever. But, my God, it looked like he was exerting himself. Man, he was drenched in sweat last night. That was crazy. Yeah, you got to think maybe a concert might be a little... A little more laid back? Yeah, a little... Maybe. Who knows? I've never seen him, but... uh, Could be, but you're right. He, uh, He gave it all. It was a, a great performance again, just... And, and bro, I, okay, so I was at a big watch party, right? So Super Bowl halftime, there's people talking, and I'm getting pieces of king cake and different stuff. So I'm not altogether paying a ton of attention, but I, I am singing along. I didn't even realize until this morning, and it just goes to show how damn smooth the guy is. He did half of the show on skates. I didn't even yeah, realize yeah. he was wearing skates. I, mean, I could barely walk from here to the stairs and, and the other end of the, the building. 
This dude is doing a performance and dancing and singing while skating. That was incredible. I, d- I didn't realize until literally this morning when I rewatched the show that he did half of it on, on skates. Yep, sure did. And but it's, when I'm watching a sporting event, a lot of times when it and it's a bad habit I have, and I, I caught myself doing this several times last night. When it goes to a commercial, mm-hmm. the first thing I do, and it's bad hap, grab my phone. Yeah. And so I'm not even looking and watching the Super Bowl commercials. I didn't watch it. And the, the, the ones that I saw were not very good. But And, and before, I, I, I told Tanya, I said, look, we got we to gotta watch these com- and, and check and see what's going on. And I, I just, uh, man, I, that, that's bad. I grab my phone right away. And I'm like, wait, what am I doing? I put it down and trying to watch the commercials, but I didn't. I didn't get. To, I didn't see many of them. The Arnold Schwarzenegger commercial was pretty funny, um, where he's thinking he's saying the word right, that because of his accent, they're saying that he's saying it wrong. That one was pretty funny. But here's the thing: I don't even know what brand they were advertising, so I don't know how effective yeah. of a commercial it was. Um, I thought the commercial for. Uh, presidential hopeful mr kennedy was very interesting uh yeah. to say the least um but yeah there's not a whole lot of them that really stood out there, there's not a whole lot of them that stood out I, I remember seeing the um the religious commercial where jesus is washing the feet i remember seeing that i didn't see any clydesdales i didn't i don't remember seeing any doritos um they're usually regulars didn't remember seeing m&ms they're usually regulars so, yeah, I don't think that the commercials were very good this year for whatever reason. And I, I got a theory about that, man. It's Look, my favorite television show of all time is Married with Children. Al Bundy, former football player, he's married to a bimbo. He's got one kid who's an overachiever. He's got another kid who's a dumb blonde who's an idiot. And the whole premise of the show is making fun of everything, making fun of middle-class families, making fun of people who are a little heavier, making fun of whatever. Al Bundy's making fun of something, but along the way, he's also making fun of himself because he's kind of a loser, right? I don't think that we could have shows like that on TV anymore because someone would be offended. I don't think that we could have funny Super Bowl commercials anymore because someone would be offended and somebody would want to try to cancel you. So I think that our Super Bowl commercials are going to forever take a hit because it's it's not allowed to be you're not allowed to be funny anymore. You're not allowed to poke fun and say anything in jest because you always in the back of your mind are going to be afraid of hey, if I say this or if I do this, are they going to come for me? I think we're so good at being offended now that we can't be funny anymore because no one could take a joke anymore because everybody's got their panties in a wad. Yep, great point. I'll, yep, I'm with you. Uh, so hopefully we could, as a society, get over that and um, do better. Kubiak is now the New Orleans Saints offensive coordinator. Deal got finalized today. He is going to be part of New Orleans' offensive staff going forward. Not a surprise. We knew this now for about a week and a half or so. They do get the deal done. Um, very, very curious to see how he does in New Orleans. I watched the 49ers passing offense yesterday, and he's the passing game coordinator or whatever. Wasn't all that overwhelmed by what they were doing, but he's got some weapons in New Orleans, and it's going to be his offense and not Shanahan's offense. And uh, if for nothing else, it'll be interesting to see how it goes. Yeah, time will tell. Uh, 
man, I, I don't know. We'll see in the next month or so if, if they get another analyst to come in. Mm. And it looks like, and we, we speculated this, it looks like Eric Bieniemy is actually going back to Kansas City next year. Uh, it looks like he's going to be taking a, uh, a coaching spot there in Kansas City. And the report <laughs> that I read is that he might also, while being going back to Kansas City, he might be named the Chiefs coach in waiting for when Andy Reid lets go. So, boy, Bienemy could have really fallen on his feet here, and he might be the heir apparent in Kansas City when Andy does decide finally to give it up. Did you see who interviewed for Alabama's offensive coordinator position? I did not. I did see that they lost their offensive coordinator to the Seattle Seahawks, which I think I'm, I'm not going to lie to you, bro, and I – it's Alabama. Maybe I'm just being a hater. I think that's embarrassing when you hire somebody and then he leaves to go to another job in just a couple of weeks. But no, I didn't see who they interviewed. Pete Carroll. Oh God. <laughs> oh, the boar better be careful, bro. Uh, um, like you, you're uh, you're under the realization that there's a chance that Alabama is not very good next year, right? Yes. Like, oh, yeah. Okay. I, yes. I'm just making sure that mentally you were prepared yes. for that. But there's a now look. There's a world where the board does a great job. They go ten and two, eleven and one, whatever. But there's a chance there that year one might not be the best. They have lost a lot of their roster. And if they if if you tell me Alabama's going ten and two next year, sign on the dotted line right now. Yeah, so take it. So if the over under right now would be nine and a half wins, you would take the under. I would take the under. Ah, it's hard to disagree, man. It's hard to disagree, but it's really hard to replace a legend. It's really hard to win games with a quarterback who can't throw the ball, and that's what they've got <laughs> there. Um, yeah, it's it's going to be very interesting, very interesting indeed. One more break, then when we get back, I think the LSU women's basketball team figured something out yesterday, and I think they figured something out that could potentially make them one of the best teams in the country for the rest of the season. We'll tell you what I saw, and we'll bounce that off of Coach Colley as well as some other things in the final segment. It's play-by-play. -play. We'll be right back after this. Absolute Fitness wants to welcome our community to come back and check us out. You'll discover an amazing environment and a friendly and welcoming staff at Absolute Fitness. We have a 12,000 square foot facility with all new top-of-the-line equipment, new saunas, an amazing smoothie bar, personal trainers, and much, much more. Absolute Fitness offers many types of very competitive memberships along with a dual membership with our proud partner, CrossFit Brackish. Absolute Fitness at 17092 West Main Street, Galliano. Lady of the Sea Community Pharmacy staff are trained in finding the lowest cost available on your medication. Stop by with your prescriptions or medicine bottles and let one of us review your options with you. With two convenient locations to serve you, we're located in Rouse's Supermarket, Highway 3235 in La Rose, or at Lady of the Sea Medical Clinic in Cutoff. Our staff available Monday through Friday from 8.30 a.m. to 7 p.m. and Saturdays 9 a.m. to 3 p.m. We treat you like family at Lady of the Sea. It's Ram Truck Month at Southland Dodge Chrysler Jeep Ram Fiat and Homa. Not only can you get a great deal on a Ram, but you can see their impressive lineup of new commercial trucks and vans. Southland Dodge has the perfect vehicle for your business with Rams, long-lasting new pickups, or their efficient new Ram work vans. Choosing the right one should be easy. Whether you need a truck for work or home life, the Ram will do its job. Southland Dodge Chrysler Jeep Ram Fiat, 6161 West Park Avenue in Homa. Here for you yesterday, today, and tomorrow. I'm Jim Harper, president of the Louisiana Farm Bureau Federation. Agriculture is big business in our state. $11 billion a year 
for Louisiana's economy. When other businesses had to shut their doors, our essential Louisiana farmers and ranchers continue to provide each of us with the food and fiber we need to survive. That's why I'm a proud member of the Louisiana Farm Bureau family. Visit LAFarmBureau.org, the Louisiana Farm Bureau Federation, the voice of Louisiana agriculture. I've been waiting to talk with Coach Brian Colley about this for now almost 24 hours since the LSU-Alabama game yesterday. Brian, you've coached some really good teams. You've coached some really talented teams. Is it possible to have a lineup that maybe has too many good players in it and maybe you need more role players on the floor and less scores, more glue players on the floor, less scores. Like, is that a thing? Am I just making this up? Like, P.J. Tucker's one of my favorite players in the NBA. He doesn't score ever, but he makes an impact because he offensive rebounds. He takes charges. He's a good defender. Is it possible to have too much talent in a five-person group sometimes? The Clippers got better the second they benched Russell Westbrook and started separating he and James Harden. Is it possible to have too much talent in the lineup sometimes? It could be, because, but you have to have a roster that where everyone knows their role on the team. And if you have some who think they're just way more talented and they don't accept their role, that could be a problem. As long as they understand their role, it works out. So yesterday, after trailing by 10 points at halftime against Alabama, Kim Mulkey made a very big decision. She benched Haley Van Lith, who has come over from Louisville where she was an All-American player, but they've been trying to turn her into a point guard, and it, it's not been a very seamless transition. She's a, she's a shooting guard. She's not a point guard. She was struggling in the first half. They remove her, and they put last year Poa into the game. And as soon as LSU did that, they got better defensively because Poa is a better defender than Van Lith. And they started scoring the heck out of the ball because instead of having five players who all wanted to shoot every possession, you now have a point guard with four players who want to shoot the ball every possession. And LSU in the second half scores 54 points and outscores Alabama 54-25. to Last year, Poa scored 11 points. Got six rebounds, had four assists, had two steals, made some free throws, ended up having 11 points. But everything got more efficient when you took a scorer out and put a role player in, a role player who doesn't give a damn if she scores. And I really think that now, going forward, we're going to see more of Poa in the lineup with the starters. And we're going to see kind of like what the Clippers are doing. We're going to see Van Lith come in with the reserves like Russell Westbrook does, and they're going to tell Van Lith, when you're in, go get up some shots and go get us some buckets. Go be you. Kind of like the Clippers do when Russell Westbrook's in the game with the bench players. Go cause chaos. Go cause havoc. And I think it could potentially turn LSU's season around. I think they're going to get a better and more comfortable version of Haley Van Lith. I think their starters are going to have more chemistry as a result because there's going to be one less mouth to feed. And I think what we saw in the second half where you outscore a very good Alabama team 54-25 to is going to be something that we continue to see happen because I think now they have a rotation set 
that meshes better than the rotation before where everything just felt a little bit clumsy. Question is, can they give Van Lith enough minutes that way? That'll, that, I guess, remains to be seen. To her credit, and again, this was just yesterday. Things change from day to day with college athletics. We know this. But yesterday when LSU was on the big run and she was on the bench, she was going nuts and she was waving the towel and she was the first one on the floor during timeouts to congratulate her ladies. So she was a great teammate yesterday. But you're right. Will that continue to be the case? That's the $1 million question that remains to be seen. Because if she can, I mean, that, that could be the formula. Uh, it, it was a very impressive second half for them after a dreadful first half where they were losing by 10 and looked like they had no spunk at all. Angel Reese, 27 points, 19 rebounds, 6 assists last night. She was terrific. Uh, she she played probably her best game of the season. The New Orleans Pelicans. Um, I, I don't get it, bro. I I don't get it. They, they, they played so well against the Clippers a couple nights ago. Beat probably the hottest team in the NBA in their building, were playing exceptional defense. Then 48 hours later, without even having to travel, but you played the Clippers and the Lakers both in the same building. So it was like a home game for you, really, in that you were not having to travel at all. And they almost gave up 100 points and a half. Then they played Portland the very next night. And though they won, by the way, kudos to you. You said there's no way Zion was going to play. He didn't. And you very sluggishly had to rally back and get a gutsy win against a Portland team that 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 sucks, dude. I don't understand this. Look, they're playing Memphis tonight. They're heavily favored. They they should take care of that. I can't figure this team out for the life of me, man. And it's extremely frustrating because you're so damn close, but yet you're so damn far away. Um, it's a it's become a a team that's not very joyable to watch because on any given day you don't know what the hell you're getting from these guys this is the pelicans for me and you guys know this i bet a lot they're a permanent stay away i don't touch their games with a 10 foot pole tonight they're nine and a half point favorite against memphis i could see them winning by 20 i could see them laying an egg and losing by five i ain't touching that with a 10 foot pole they are a permanent stay away because life is like a box of chocolates far as gump said you never know what you're gonna get you have no idea what you're getting with the Pelicans from a night-to-night basis. Never. Yeah. With your lack of defensive effort most of the time, you're right. You don't know what you're going to get. and They're frustrating. They get through the All-Star break, and let's uh, regroup and see what they can do in the second half. And still, man, get, get in the playoffs and get in a series. Not a play-in term. Get in a series and, and see what you can do. Got to win one series. San Francisco 49er players said that no one on their sideline knew the Super Bowl overtime rules. <sighs> Trying to think of a way to say this. When you're paid 10, 15, 20 million dollars to coach a team, I get it. Knowing the new overtime rule is probably pretty low on your list of things you're preparing for whenever you're facing Patrick Mahomes and Andy Reid. But how do you not know? How do you not know when you are heading into overtime of the Super Bowl? How do you not know what you're up against? Eric Ormstead, defensive lineman for the 49ers, said, I didn't even know about the new playoff overtime rules. It was a, it was a surprise to me. It was a surprise to us. I didn't know what was going on in terms of that. Kyle Shanahan said that 
He spoke to his analytics team about whether or not to take the ball or to go on defense, but then several other members of the team echoed Armstead's thoughts were, which we didn't know the rules. Juszczyk said after the game, we wanted to go down the field, score a touchdown, and win the game, but we know now that's not the case. Brian, you were a coach for a long time. How would you feel if you were ever in a situation where your team was in a spot and you didn't know what the rules were? Like, I feel like that's something that you would have probably taken to heart if that ever no. happened. Um, man. I'd they, have been sick. How do you not know? You, how do you not know what the rules are? It's somebody's job to know. I guarantee you that on on that stage. And look, I, okay, over time, yeah, we take the ball. We want the ball. But with the new rule... They jumped the gun, man. They, they... Well, I could I, honestly, I could see that both ways, right? It's easy for me now to say after seeing how it went down, you gave the Chiefs four downs and they scored. and all, It's easy for me to say that. But look, on the flip side, there's this. By taking the ball first, let's say you kick a field goal, let's say they kick a field goal, you're giving yourself an extra possession. You have a chance then to go in the game on your next possession. So you do maybe get the ball an extra time. Maybe is the key word there. Maybe get the ball an extra time. So I do kind of see both sides of it. But to be playing in overtime in the Super Bowl and to not know that the game's about to end, that's Well, I'm still confused. If the Chiefs would have kicked the field goal, all right, they had a few seconds left. If the Chiefs kick a field goal on that drive, we're, what, 22-22? to Then it's Southern Death. The next team to score wins. No matter the no clock matter is what. done. That the clock was only there so that we could flip the field. Had the clock run out. Like watching it live, I was under the impression that hey, if the Chiefs don't score before triple zeros, this game's over. I thought that the the overtime ended when the quarter ended, and if it was still tied, we did another quarter. That's not the case. You get to finish your first possession no matter what. So how the Chiefs were letting the clock run, 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 I'm at my watch party freaking out. Like, this is less miles. They're going to run out of time. They're going to lose. But that is actually not correct. Had the clock gone to triple zeros, the only thing that would have happened is they would have went on the other side of the field and scored the touchdown. They were not in any danger or any jeopardy at all there at the all end. Right, so you can you can see where we want the ball. We're going to go down, score a touchdown. They can come score a touchdown but we're going to have the ball again to go down and score and win. That's the logic, right? So that's that's you what can, you could justify it both ways. You, I could see that both ways. Um, but when you don't score a touchdown, you're making yourself really vulnerable. Yeah, and you're doing it with one less down. Your opponent, you're giving your opponents four downs to do it. So let me ask you this. Let's assume that the 49ers would have scored a touchdown. Let's assume they would have went up um, 26 to 19 or whatever it would have been, and the Chiefs come back and score a touchdown. Would Andy have given given them the ball back, or would he have gone for two in the win? No. Romo would have been saying go for two. I would have went for two with Mahomes. Oh my God, yes, I would have went for two with all the with all the little wrinkles and plays that they have at the goal line. Hell, the play that they scored, they were five yards open in the end zone from the three yard line. How do you do that? I would have gone for two, and I would have gone for the man. win. Man, I don't trust kickers, bro. 
I don't trust kickers. And I, they got a good one. The Chiefs have a really good one, but I ain't putting it in his hand. <laughs> you, you got two options. You put it on his foot or Patrick Mahomes' right arm. Yeah, you're right. I'm going with a guy who I'm paying $500 million and saying, hey, let's go win this damn thing. Um, but I guess it's a decision that we'll never know because of how the game ended up. Maybe next year. Maybe next year. The Nichols Colonels. Saints go for two. <laughs> and they convert, yeah. and they're losing 20 to 8. Yeah. <laughs> um, Nichols today at home against Corpus Christi. I'm going to do my darndest to get to both games. We got South Lafouche at 4 o'clock. I should be done at uh, 5.15, 5.30. It should be 20, 30 minutes to get to Thibodeau. I am expecting to be on the call on ESPN+. Plus. Colonels got their butts kicked on Saturday against Lamar on the road. Now they're facing Corpus Christi, who's really stinking good. This week, Nichols has two home games. Corpus Christi tonight, McNeese on Saturday. Be there. Ooh, the big one. Be square. You got two huge games. The defending conference champ. And then the Bataille's from Lake Charles are coming to town. Tomorrow we got a fun show. We're going to be talking about all sorts of things happening in the world of sports. We're going to have some basketball results to break down with you all. You've been listening to Play by Play. Have a wonderful rest of the day. God bless. See you tomorrow. You're listening to KLEB, 1600 AM and K274DE, 102.7 FM, Golden Meadow.